And now I want to talk to you about something that Soha was also explaining last evening. And it is Vedana. Vedana. As Soha said, Vedana can be translated as feeling tone, which I share with her that I don't like that translation very much. I prefer the other one that she also said, hedonic tone, the hedonic tone of experience. Hedonic comes from hedone, in Greek means uh, pleasure. For the Buddhist psychology, every experience that we have in any of the six senses elicits a hedonic response in the being, in the organism. We experience whatever as being pleasant, unpleasant, or something in between. Every experience that we have brings associated this hedonic tone. And I don't know if you noticed, I said six senses. And normally I was taught at the school we have five senses. Uh, sight, uh, hearing, uh, taste, smell, and, and tactile sensations. Buddhist psychology adds another sense, and that's the mind. So in Buddhist psychology, thoughts are to the mind what sights are to the eye. So thoughts bring associated also a hedonic response, a Vedana. And this Vedana is something that happens I I automatically. We don't have to think about this is pleasant or pleasant. It, it happens automatically. It is immediate. It is something, um, to me, it's, it is the most basic evaluation we make of experience and of the world as beings the most basic evaluation. Is it pleasant or unpleasant? I mean, we don't think about it. The, the organism does it automatically, immediately. And it is something much more simple than emotions, uh, much more basic than emotions, and something that we share not just with all human beings, but with all forms of life. It is intrinsic in life. Even you see the most basic forms of life, these amoeba, uh, how are attracted by some things and, and, and run away from other things. The most simple organisms have also this uh, capacity to evaluate experience in this way. To me, some there are some uh, universal uh, Vedana, uh, some experiences that I think um, almost all human beings would consider pleasant or unpleasant. Uh, for example, if it was here um, 20 minus 20 degrees, I presume all of us would consider that quite unpleasant. Though I know there are some people who like the cold, and I've got a friend who have uh, cold showers even in, in winter. I don't know how she does it, ac actually, but she does it. And but I mean that extreme 20 degrees. I presume everybody would feel quite unpleasant. And some other experiences, I think, are universally pleasant. For example, after being thirsty, you drink. You have the first sip of water, ah, 
how delicious that is. Oh. Or just a gentle breeze on a summer day. But that's debatable, of course. <laughs> that's debatable. But most of the Vedana we experience, I would say it's not universal. I, I would say it is subjective. Subjective. It is particular. And it depends on different factors. Your body constitution, Zoha was explaining uh, her origins and how her sense of being caught here in the UK is not the same as a Brit, someone who has been born here and brought up here, and I share that with her as well, <laughs> having been born in, in Andalusia, in the south of Spain, I find this weather quite challenging for my body. So it, it can depend on your body constitution. It can depend on your previous experiences. Same thing, same thing at different times, elicits, elicits a different Vedana. I am, for example, quite fond of carrot cake, I have to say, or chocolate cake. If I eat a bite, one, ah, such a pleasant Vedana, you know, coming up. Oh, I really like it. When I eat a second cake, um, you know, the, the pleasant Vedana, Vedana is there still, but it's, it's not as strong. Hmm? It diminishes a little bit. With the third one, it may become more in the th zone of neutral. Fourth, fifth, I assure you it can become even unpleasant. And it is the same thing. It is the same carrot cake. But, you know, depending on your previous experiences, uh, the Vedana changes. It's not, as Zoha was saying yesterday, it is not in the object. It's not in the object. It's more in the subject and how the subject uh, interacts with the object also. And it's not just personal, it can be cultural also. Some things in a culture can be considered pleasant and we are conditioned to uh, experience pleasant Vedana when we come in contact with it and other things are we are expected to feel unpleasant and we do that. It can Vedana can be also, um, you know, related to our state of mind. The state of mind also conditions Vedana. For example, let's say you are in a hurry or you are irritable, you go to the supermarket to, to buy something. Everybody there seems to be conspiring <laughs> to, to cause you problem. They are either in the way of things you want to get, uh, the people in the queue, why is that person taking so much to put the things on the... I mean, everybody seems to be conspiring against you. The opposite, you are in a good mood. It's just such a pleasure to, you know, to <laughs> enjoy the space with these people and, and you really care for them and you smile and... Same scenario, same situation, different state of mind, different Vedana. It's not in the objective situation. So the Buddha was uh, very adamant um, in encouraging us to bring our awareness to this to this aspect of our es experience, to this aspect of life, to Vedana. Mm. Very, he was very encouraging. And pay attention to Vedana. And you may wonder, uh, all of this may sound interesting or not, but, but so what? Why should we pay attention to this area of experience? Why is it important? Why? Does it matter? What do you think? Mm. 
because <laughs> our lives seem to be driven mainly by our reactivity to Vedana. Our lives seem to be driven by this but reactivity to Vedana. Which reactivity? Well, when we come into contact with something and we experience pleasant Vedana, the habitual reactivity is to try to grab it, to hold onto it, to intensify it, to try to replicate it in the future if we don't have it but we um, envision that we will get a uh, pleasant Vedana to chase it, to pursue it, to go after it. With unpleasant Vedana the reactivity is to get rid of it, to try to get rid of it to try to avoid it, to push it away. If none of these um, strategies work, try not to feel. We can get even to that. I don't want to feel. I prefer to numb my consciousness, to shut off my consciousness, rather than to feel something unpleasant. And the typical reaction to neutral Vedan Vedana is not to be interested in it, to ignore it, to be oblivious to it. So see if uh, if that is true in your experience. Yes, I give it to you, for you to check in your own experience. So these are the habitual ways of reacting to Vedana. <coughs> and it is this reactivity to Vedana what normally gets us into trouble. It is this reactivity to Vedana what normally gets us into trouble. For a start, for a start, if we have a pleasant Vedana and we react to it in the habitual way, we stop enjoying it. When, w when we fear the moment we it will disappear or when we try to grab onto it, to hold onto it, we stop enjoying it. If, it's a, if it is unpleasant Vedana, uh, normally the reactivity increases the unpleasantness. This is just for a start. But the problems are, you know, uh, can be much bigger. Because in the, for example, in, in the reactivity to pursue pleasant Vedana, in that pursuit of the pleasant, we may engage in unwholesome behavior. I believe much of the unwholesome behavior in human beings is because of that, because of pursuing of the pleasant and also because of trying to get rid of or avoiding, avo uh, avoiding the unpleasant. When we are in that, uh, in that quest for uh, the pleasant, uh, we also tend to see people as competitors if, if they run after the same things. Mm. They become the enemy. They also want that carrot cake. <laughs> you are not going to get it, <laughs> I'm sure. I will make sure of that. <laughs> it's mine. 
for me to enjoy, <laughs> for example. <laughs> but not just a pursuit, um, you know, can engage us into uh, unwholesome behavior. It is also that the same very thing we want to get to enjoy the pleasant Vedana can be harmful, hmm? can be problematic in itself. So many sub substance addictions, and we can see that the very thing that is hooking us is, um, is uh, harmful for us. But I think for me, more, more fundamentally than this, and, and these are really big problems, big issues, but, but to me, fundamentally, the biggest problem, the one that has more philosophical weight, is that when we allow ourselves to be run by reactivity to Vedana, we are not exercising our freedom. To me, that's the biggest problem of all. We are not exercising our freedom. Our capacity to choose the response. Our capacity to choose our way in life. Ultimately, our capacity to shape our life based on our deepest intentions. To me, this is the most essential issue in Vedana. And you know, the more we uh, allow our ourselves to be run by reactivity to Vedana, the more our brain and our mind get shaped by that reactivity. So a big question here, how do I want to live my life? How do I want to live my life? Do I want to be the artist of my life? Or do I want to be driven by reactivity and impulse at the mercy of, you know, pleasant and unpleasant Vedana? Big question here. <coughs> so just to make sure that I am you know, uh, explaining what I want to explain well. Uh, the Vedana is not a problem. Hmm? Uh, Vedana is not a problem at all. Uh, Vedana is something that we uh, have as human beings and we share with all living beings. The problem is the reactivity, the reactivity to Vedana. We are not trying to eliminate Vedana. Try, we are trying to have a, a wiser relationship with Vedana, so we don't become a, a slave to Vedana. So, one way we can interpret a liberation, one way, we can interpret it, is that the, the aim of the practice is liberation from this reactivity to Vedana. We want to, we want to find liberation to that reactivity and be free. Be free.
and that is something actually really a beautiful aspiration. Beautiful aspiration. That we can come into contact with something that is um, pleasant or unpleasant, that we can ground ourselves, that we can breathe, not to react, and then choose a response more mindfully, more consciously. To me, that's a beautiful aspiration. And that is possible, actually. It's possible for all of us with practice. Notice uh, the, the word to choose, mm -hmm. to choose, mm -hmm. to be, to exercise our freedom, mm -hmm. our freedom. So Soha was uh, talking about Vedana last evening, as I said, but she was also talking about metta. She was also talking about metta. So how, how do we pair uh, these two, our metta practice with our Vedana practice? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a suggestion for you to play with. But the first thing uh, that we can um, practice with Vedana and Metta, uh, that the first thing that we can do is just to be aware of Vedana, to pay attention consciously, to notice if what I am experiencing is pleasant, unpleasant, or something in between. To bring awareness to this area of experience, Vedana. And then to, you know, to be able to ground yourself, as I said before. Mm -hmm. To me, it helps to bring the attention to the body, the lower part of the body or the breath. To ground yourself. Mm -hmm. So we can soften our impulse to react to <coughs> the Vedana that is present, either if it is pleasant or unpleasant. And then we can bring metta to the encounter with the Vedana. We can bring metta. We can bring this friendliness, goodwill, kindness. And what happens? What happens if we bring metta to pleasant Vedana, what happens? What happens is that metta gets shaped or, or morphed into appreciation. We can appreciate whatever is pleasant without grasping at it, without clinging at it, without even trying to hold on to it, we can just appreciate what is pleasant, what is lovely, beautiful. Mm. When we encounter what is unpleasant, then metta gets morphed, shaped into kindness. We can bring kindness to that unpleasant experience. Mm. Kindness to the encounter, kindness to ourselves, experiencing something difficult in the body, in the mind. You can even say to you, to yourself, can, oh, can, I, be, can, I, can I be kind to myself in this moment of difficulty? What do I need 
in this moment. And finally, when we bring metta to the neutral, we can become interested. We can become interested in the neutral as well. This breath, for example, can I bring a kind attention to the sensation of a breath in the body? If I do that, uh, normally, something that was neutral can become slightly pleasant and then and then meta can appreciate it we can enjoy it this is something that we can practice and we can learn and it's a real uh, key in the path of liberation a real key in this path of liberation. So we've been sitting for a while and I'm going to invite you to stand up if you want and to move your body, to bring kindness to your body and to stretch it or shake it or whatever you feel is appropriate in order to to do some practice afterwards. So little by little, coming back to your seat, and settling into your sitting posture. making any adjustments you need to make in order to sit. In a way that allows your body to be upright and soft at the same time. And bringing your attention to an anchor 
that gives you a sense of grounding. Maybe the sensations in the lower part of your body. Points of contact of your body with the cushion or the chair. or the floor. <coughs> or it may be the sensations of the movement of the breath in your body. taking some time to ground yourself And opening now your awareness very wide. To include any bodily sensations, sounds, thoughts. and paying particular attention to the Vedana of the experience in this moment. Whatever is most prominent in your consciousness Is it pleasant, unpleasant, or neither? 
whatever is most prominent in your awareness just noticing is it pleasant unpleasant something in between And can we try to bring metta to the encounter with Vedana? If it is something pleasant we are experiencing, can I appreciate it? Can I enjoy it without clinging to it? If it is something unpleasant, an unpleasant sound or discomfort or pain, instead of collapsing into the reactivity of trying to push it away, Can we bring kindness?
can we bring kindness and breathe with kindness? Through the pain or discomfort or the difficulty, And can we bring interest to that which is neither pleasant nor unpleasant?
So you've got a new practice to play with. So as, as you go along your day here at Kaya House, <coughs> you may want to explore this. And you may just want to pay attention to the Vedana of your experience. To do that as grounded as possible. And then to see if you can shift reactivity by meta mm, instead of reacting to bring meta to the encounter with Vedana mm, and see what happens and see what happens. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.